The message that God has given me is entitled Superhuman Power, Authentic Faith. Mm. Oh, that's good. Superhuman Power, Authentic Faith. Amen. And I've just been a little spiritually despondent and how the body of Christ is responding to God. Have you noticed every Sunday that you've been coming to walk in ministry that it has to be announced who God is? It has to be announced that he's good, right? It has to be announced that he's already brought you out. It has to be announced his mercies, his kindness, yep. his power, his might has been given to you. Why do you think they have to be reiterated every time? We forget. Do you wake up and forget that you love your spouse or your children? Do you have to be reminded that you have a daughter or a son and your responsibility to your children? Do you have to be reminded of that? So why do we have to be reminded who God is? Why do we have to be pushed to love on him? Why do you think we have to be encouraged to say, that God is good. We really need to ask ourselves or assess your faith. Is my faith authentic? Do I have a superficial faith? What do I really believe? Today is really to assess your faith, to ensure that you're in the faith. Why do I keep behaving the same way towards each other and towards my creator? Why does it seem so hard to live this life? Why is it so difficult to love? Why is it so challenging to not be selfish. Why are we so still easily to get angry and upset? Where is our faith? What is faith? Why does some days he seem to be really important to us and other days he's so insignificant? We're going to learn today whether our faith is authentic or not. Because this modern age has seemed to compromise our Christian faith to cater to the world. We have somewhat become an atheist 
anti-supernatural. The Christian faith in a full reversal. It's in a full reversal of what it has been historically. It's in a full reversal of true gospel, of the true gospel. It's in reverse. In the hopes of finding a common ground with the unbeliever is why it's in reversal. We're trying to find a common ground with the unbeliever which has caused us to be in a state of an atheist, anti-supernatural. That is a mouthful. Why are we trying to find a common ground with the unbeliever? We have made ourselves to be God over God. We have made ourselves to be God over God, the small G over the big G, to where there is no judge to judge because we don't like to be judged. We don't like to be told what we're not doing right. So in order to do that, you become God. You decide on what you want to do, when you want to do it, and you define what is good and what is not. Reversal of the gospel. Not withholding the true substance of the word of God, the power of God. This is why we, we have no power because we have turned, we're twisted, we're wicked in our faith. Isaiah says this, Lord, who has believed our report? The prophet says to God, Lord, who has believed our report? He's asking that today. Lord, who has believed our report? And what is he saying here? Isaiah is saying this, who can hear your voice and believe you? The word of God is a report, is a verbal report. It's not a written report. He's saying, who can hear the voice of God? Who can really hear the voice of God? I'm going to take my time with this. And I'm going to end on time, 1.30. Who believe in the confirming word? You guys were saying that as you were singing. I heard that. The confirming word. The word confirms itself. He said, who is hearing that word? Who has an ear to hear the truth. It's not a written word. It's an audible word. The word of God has a voice. 
We must eliminate the misunderstanding and deception about faith. Today, we're, we need to clarify the meaning of faith, alive versus dead faith, its power, the principle of faith, the doctrine of faith, and most importantly, superficial faith versus saving faith. That's a lot, right? You know why? Because we're used to tradition. You hear the word of God. Sounds good. We have our opinion about the word of God. We have our feelings about the word of God. And that's how we live, with our opinions and our feelings about the word of God. But not knowing or able to grasp the voice of God that's able to confirm and change your life. So we can't hear the voice that can change our life. We hear tradition. We hear the songs. We're moved by that. But today, we're going to really open up faith. We're going to dissect faith today. You're going to know whether you actually believe today. So let's go to, before we go on our foundation scripture, I'm a, I'm, now you can just go to John 2, 23 through 24, because I want to show you superficial faith first. Then I'm going to show you supernatural faith. John 2, verse 23 through 24. But when he was in Jerusalem during the Passover feast, many believed in his name, identified themselves with his party. After seeing his signs, wonders, and miracles, which he was doing. But Jesus, for his part, did not trust himself to them because he knew all men. Superficial faith. I got another version here. I forget which one it is. You had the Amplified, right? This may be, uh, maybe. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed, listen to this, in his name. One. Two, observing his signs, which he was doing. They believed in his name. And they observed the signs in which he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. In other words, Jesus' ability to know every heart perfectly leads us to an unsettling truth that some believe is not the kind of belief that obtains fellowship with God. In other words, Jesus has an ability to discern the heart and can tell whether this faith is approved. Because your faith must be approved by God. 
for you to have fellowship with him. Because you can have faith as an unbeliever, as a sinner. Sinners believe. And demons believe. See, but this is a superficial faith. This is not a saving faith. See, you need to have the kind of faith that allows you to have fellowship with Jesus and eternal life. So belief is not a saving. This belief is not a saving belief. That's in John 2, 23, 24. Give you another example. The faith of Nicodemus. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, we know that you are a teacher from God. But no one can do the, these signs that you do unless God is with him. This is a superficial faith. He was an unbeliever. But he believed in the name of Jesus. And he believed the signs that he observed. You believe in the name of Jesus, don't you? And you believe the signs that he did, right? We need to now separate the superficial from the authentic faith, which is the saving faith. Wow. And while we're talking about teacher here, after you really hear the word, apply the word, and truly become a student of the word of God, you are to be as like your teacher. Hear me. After you have studied and applied the word of God in your life by experience, you are to be as like your teacher. The same as with Christ. We are as like Christ. But you're not. What you're saying here is that you'll never be as good as your teacher, but you will be as like your teacher. Now, the signs, the signs are needed to point to Jesus. Signs are needed. But only for the purpose and direction to point you to Jesus. Because Nicodemus was not born again. Skip through some of this, and he was still spiritually blinded. He did not see through the signs. This is the thing. He saw the signs, but he didn't see through the signs to the glory of the only Son of God. We are to see through the signs to the glory of the only begotten Son of God. He only saw the signs, and they were so impressive that the natural mind drew the conclusion they must be involved with God. So by the word of God, you, you believe in the name of Jesus, but you can't see. He said, they always looking, a wicked generation is always looking for a sign. You're looking for a sign. You won't believe me until you see a sign. 
But you don't know that your new birth was a sign, the ultimate sign of a miracle. So you're waiting for what you have defined as a miracle. He said, but you can't see the glory. You can't see through the sign of your salvation. Go to the foundation of scripture here. Oh, before we do that, John 8, verse 30 through 31. And this is authentic saving faith. Just wanted to show you the difference between the two. As he said these things, many believed in him, trusted, relied on, and adhered to him. So Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, Hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them. You are truly my disciples. He said there's a condition for you to be my disciple. You must remain in me to the end. Those who commit oneself to Christ and continue. See, first you have to commit your life to him. And then second, continue inside of him. Remain in his word. He said, this is authentic faith. This is saving faith. If you commit your life to me, if you marry me, don't shack with me. We're not going double dutch. I need you to commit your life to me. All your thoughts, your concern, everything about you, I need you to commit it unto me. Not to your spouse, not to your children. Commit your life to me and then continue inside of me. Get this about supernatural faith. It's not granted to everybody. It's not granted to everyone. It's a special gift which Christ has obtained by his death in order to bestow it upon his elect people. Everyone, everyone don't get this supernatural faith. It's a divine blessing. Your faith is a divine blessing from God. And it's operated by the agent Holy Spirit. Your faith is operated by Holy Spirit. He said, now, you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh if you're led by the Spirit. Holy Spirit is the one that's operating your faith. This kind of faith originates as you hear the word of God. That's where it starts. That's how you ignite your faith. This saving faith, not the faith of the world, not the same faith as the unbeliever have. It originates as one hears the word of the gospel as a seed is sown into the ground. See, then it sprouts up. So then faith cometh by hearing by the natural ear and hearing it says hearing again, right? 
by the ear of your heart. By the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by naturally hearing and then hearing by that circumcised heart. See, then it has a place to grow. And now the word is working inside of you. By this faith, we look beyond the reality of this present age. We look beyond time. We look beyond our circumstances. This kind of faith allows you to look into your true reality, eternity. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're going to talk about this now faith. But now we're going to go to our foundation scripture. First Thessalonians 12, 13. I'm sorry. First Thessalonians 2, 13. For our appeal in preaching does not originate from delusion or error or impure purpose or motive, nor in fraud or deceit. Okay. Anything else? Uh, nope, it's good. For this reason, you hear another version here. This is the NASB. I had to do that because I was telling Mr. Al, when you study individually, there's version that you will study for yourself. And there's a scripture from a certain version that you will need to now teach others. And so I need to break it all down for you. So this is why I'm using the NASB. For this reason, you may want to underline this reason. We also constantly thank God that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performed its work in you who believe. So what is Apostle Paul saying here? For this reason, this reason is this, is that the Thessalonians, they walk worthy of the call. He said, for this reason, I pray without ceasing for you. He said, I'm always praying for you because you walk worthy. He said, and, and it, it reminds me how you received the word of God when you heard it. You received the word of God as a, the only authoritative word of God. He said, this allowed the word to work with inside of them because they were saying that this is the authority, not what I'm thinking, not what you're thinking, but this has full authority. And I'm allowed to work inside of me because you have your own thoughts and your own opinion, and that's your authority. But the Thessalonians were saying that I'm giving the word of God full authority to work inside of me. Paul is convinced they received the word well. So the question is, why was he writing to them? 
is if he felt that they were walking worthy of the call, why was he writing to the Thessalonians? He was writing to them because they were being persecuted and they were still walking worthy of the call. They were going through so much turmoil and things that you can imagine, whatever you may have been through or are going through. He said, I'm praying for you constantly because even at this very moment, you're being persecuted by your own. He said, you're, 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 you're not only mentally, spiritually, but physically, you're being persecuted by your own people. He said, and you're still with, with all enthusiasm, you're still receiving the word with gladness and with joy. You're going through, but no one can tell it. He said, I pray for you to encourage you. Because your joy has made you strong and your adversity and everything that you're going through. See, now when we go through things, we can't smile, we can't praise God. He said, but this type of faith is saving faith. Because you've given God full rule and reign to work inside of you. And while you're being persecuted, when you're being laid off from your job, when you don't have any money, when your family has raised up against you, he said you are still worshiping God, praising God, reading the word, and receiving the word with gladness. And you're being persecuted on every side. He said, I write to you to encourage you. See, when you go through something, the enemy does just so he can stop your spiritual growth. Because normally when you go through things, you stop praising God. You don't see somehow your, your troubles put a curtain over your eyes. You can't see just how good he is. You can't seem to open your mouth to give him the adoration that's due his name because it's taken out of you your enthusiasm, your excitement for the word of God. He wants you, he wants to hinder your spiritual growth, the adversary. The Thessalonians' attitude towards the word of God made them one of the most outstanding church in the first century. And this was because, again, they were being persecuted. And with every trial, they were not carried away by their problems. See, they took the word of God when they heard it. And the inner man made it a part of their life. See, when you hear the word of God, you have to take it. When you hear the word of God, you are to take it. We kind of use this phrase, I'll take that. No, no, really, take this. And make it become a part of your life. So how do you appropriate the word of God? By understanding it and receiving it into your heart. By faith, I understand. Obviously, we have to meditate on the word of God. You need to fast. All the, the things and activity that a Christian and how they live, you are supposed to do. 
When we, this happens when we believe the word of God and obey it. Your spirit releases the power for divine energy that works in our life to fulfill purpose. When you believe the word of God and you obey it, Holy Spirit releases power, which is considered to be divine energy that works in our lives to fulfill our purpose. Reading our supporting scripture here, Romans 1, verse 16 through 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, good news of Christ, for it is God's power working unto salvation, for deliverance from eternal death to everyone who believes with a personal trust and a confident surrender and firm reliance to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed through the way of faith that arouses to more faith. As it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. We've heard this scripture so many times. The question is, is this a superficial faith that you have or authentic, which is a saving faith? NASB, for I am not ashamed of the gospel good news, to live it, to actually do it. For it is God's power. This is, a, this is your su superhuman power, the word of God. For it's God's power working unto salvation to deliver you from eternal death. To everyone who believes the word of God, this power is given to you, which is called faith. For everyone who trusts in the Lord, he only gives this faith to those who trust in him and obey him. Otherwise, you're operating in a superficial faith, non-saving faith. For those who believe and trust in God, and obey his word, he gives to you, he gives to you, star, a faith that is filled with power. It's supernatural power to see the invisible, to seek out the impossible. See? Otherwise, you're operating in a superficial faith to where you can't see the invisible. You can't see that he really suffered for your sins. You can't see that he really died on the cross and he rose on the third day. You can't see, you can't see his suffering in the life of Christ. So you can't see unto the glory of the word of God 
that is yet to be revealed in your life. Because I believe in the name of Jesus. This is where we think we really believe. I believe in the name of Jesus. Be the same as I believe in the name of Obama. I believe that he has a certain power and authority. And I see, I've seen him operate in it. But that's natural. But I can't see supernatural. I can't see into the invisible of the glory of the Son of God. And what was done on my behalf. I can't see that. See, when you see through the Son of God, his glory and all what he did, then you can actually believe the impossible. And you're not going to be worried. You're not going to be concerned about tomorrow. Your prayer will always be a prayer of thanksgiving and not a prayer of petition and asking and requesting for God. Prayer of intercession for others because you have a supernatural faith. You have a superhuman power. See, but if we could believe that, that you have superhuman power that can break anything that the enemy trying to bring in your home to destroy your union. See, you can see behind the person, Satan, get thee behind me. Not speaking to my spouse, but I'm speaking to the influence of the entity that's behind you. And that's my time. We're going to be talking about next week. Wow. Faith involves evidence in the way, in the following ways. Faith provides evidence. See, we say that, but we don't realize that faith really provides evidence. We're going to talk about the doctrine of faith. The principle where faith stands on. It's going to be so much that we're going to talk about. Just wanted to leave you with this. A true word puts you into creativity. A true word. puts you into creativity. See, it takes you out of your old way of thinking, Celeste. That this is it, this is, how I, this is my situation, These are, this is how I feel, this is what I see. It takes you out of your senses. It takes you out of your natural senses. And it takes you into your superhuman power, which is faith. See, when it takes you into that creativity, now you'll understand this, Jay. Now you shall have whatsoever you say. Now. See, when you hear a true word, it takes you into creativity. And now, whatever you say, you shall have. See, because you have just created it, because the true word of God gave you the ability to see the invisible. 
Amen. And he provides you also the evidence. He's going to provide you the evidence of the unseen that you don't see. See, because faith has to have evidence. It's the substance of things hoped for, but it's the evidence of things not, not seen. seen. You got to say that slow. See, we say that too fast. We have heard that scripture so many times, so many times. before. See, but when you have, when you have this, this saving faith, the supernatural faith, it causes you to go into the mode of creativity. Like your father. Because the creator is the ultimate entity of creation. Now I can perceive and see into the invisible. See, my supernatural part of me, because you're natural, and also you are supernatural. So now because I believe and trust in God and I obey his word, that causes Holy Spirit to now have the ability and permission to operate, to allow me to perceive into the supernatural and also to obtain the impossible. <laughs> oh, that's real. See, that's real. It takes you out of your, it takes you out of this earth reality because that is not a saving faith to believe in the name of Jesus nor his signs. He said, that's only our direction to faith. That only directs you to faith, but that's not faith. We don't really talk about what faith really is next time. My goodness. Y'all going to come back this week? You can't just stop right there. You got to come back. You got to get this up real quick. Because there's a lot that was been said today. I know I've grown. Since I came in here, faith is.